Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Hey, it's Isla, your founder, CEO, and host. And today on the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast, we're going to talk about decreasing cooking with stress. I wanted to end this month with this topic. I love cooking and I admit that it is hard for me to relate to this topic, but I do know that a lot of the clients that I work with get stressed about cooking which causes them to end up going through the drive through on the way home for dinner instead of making a healthy lower calorie meal. So to help you make cooking less stressful, I brought on the team from To Taste. To Taste is a team of registered dietitians, chefs, and culinary medicine specialists nationally recognized as food and nutrition experts, Chef Bahista Usuri, Chef Lindsay Schoenfield, and Lexi Cole. To Taste uses a no BS approach to help People cook confidently, simplify nutrition, and feel better. Through their website, they offer plant-based, plant-forward base recipes, nutrition articles, and simple cooking videos to teach people how to cook and take control of their health. They are weeks away from publishing their fir- first book, To Your Taste, How to Eat Well and Feel Better for Your Whole Life, available on Amazon soon. And if it is available by the time this episode comes out, we'll link it in the show notes and or the description on YouTube. They have also developed a virtual knife skills course and a one-of-a-kind meal plan designed to help individuals and families learn how to make meal plans that are adaptable to any budget, time constraint, or dietary preferences. They also work with businesses, community organizations, food companies, health professionals, and schools. They create and test recipes, lead virtual and in-person cooking demonstrations, do media engagements, present at conferences, develop curricula, and write evidence-based articles. They're so excited to talk today about how to reduce stress through cooking. Welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm excited to dive into today's topic because we're going to talk about cooking, which is something that I feel like all my clients end up really struggling with, which holds people back from where they want to be. But thank you all for joining us today, team from To Taste. How are you all? Doing well. Good. Great. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I actually heard about y'all through like one of my contractors who works for me goes to TCU and she said that y'all spoke at her sorority maybe. And so I was like, oh my gosh, they sound so interesting. Can you like give me their Instagram handle? Um, So where are y'all located in Fort Worth or where are y'all? I'm located in Fort Worth, but Lexi and I both went to TCU. So go frogs to throw that out there. Yeah. (laughs) But we're all over. So Lexi, Lindsay, you want to say where you are? Yes, I'm in Austin. Oh, fun. Awesome. And I'm in Boston. So I'm the East Coast. Wow. But we lived in Fort Worth for a little bit of time after TCU. So that's where I met B and got introduced to two days. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we have a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, we normally kind of start with seeing if there's any new foods or wellness habits you're into recently. I'm excited because all of y'all are nutrition professionals to give us some maybe good answers of anything just to inspire people because I feel like people end up hearing the same three things that I do all the time. So kind of tell me any new things that you've been um, doing that's wellness or food related. 
All right. So this first one, this isn't new to me. I learned about this in college, but it might be new to someone else. And this is the concept of the Nappuccino. Uh, this term was coined by an author, Daniel Pink. Um, and it's where in the middle of the afternoon, usually around 2 or 3 p.m., you're feeling the afternoon lull. You make a cup of coffee or an espresso or a tea. You down that. You set your timer for 25 minutes. Put yourself in your room, a nice, cool, quiet place. You nap for 20 to 25 minutes. And then when you wake up, you're just super energized and ready to tackle the last half of your day. So that's one of my favorite wellness habits that really energizes my days. Oh, cool. I thought about that before. It would like give you like double energy. That's so awesome. Yeah. What about uh, V and Lindsay? So I'll tag on to that, um, trying to find more time in the day, right? And and fitting in little little things with a micro workout. So I sometimes can find like five or 10 minutes to do some exercise and really recharge myself. And so they're a micro workout. So I'll have maybe some little dumbbells by my desk and use those, or I'll use five minutes and plank for say 40 seconds and then off for 20 and then rotate that for the five minute period. So it makes me feel better and more energized, but yet, um, I don't have to like section out a whole hour or two hours of the day to get to the gym and back. So it's just a good way for me to have a little workout and feel better. Yeah, I love that. We're all about trying to find practical solutions. A lot of people who listen are high achieving people who always feel super busy. So we're always trying to think of ways to cut time. So I think that's a great idea. And then what about you, V? So I've been um, a lot into like mental wellness lately. because so I feel like I do a good job with nutrition and physical activity but I have a high level of stress. I can feel anxious a lot of times. So I used to do um, body scans and kind of got away from it. So I'm trying to do those again, more body scans. And then also like quick meditations. There's so many you can get like all the different apps and they can be like five minutes long. And it just really helps, especially when I can like feel anxiety, just like filling into my body to remember to take care of that mental health and do that. So that's what I've been really working on lately. I love that. My physical therapist said I need to start doing that. She's like, you notice that you like hold a lot of tension in your gut. I was like, I, that feels so like woo woo. But she's like, take a second and like ask yourself, like, well, do you feel like you're tight anywhere? Because over time, it'll just like continue to tighten up. And so that's something she yeah. recommended is body scans. So I definitely do that. Do you feel like that's what it helps with? Or what do you think it helps with? Yeah, it just helps you like, I feel like it relieve tension everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I carry all mine, like my shoulders and my neck. But mm -hmm. I don't know, it does that and, like walks you through every part of your body. I think it really works. Oh. <laughs> yeah, jaw, jaw. Um, all right. So moving on to our product review. Well, we normally do a pop culture article, but I kind of feel like I've been out of the loop with like being on vacation with like all pop culture things. Um, but I was um, my, one of my clients, uh, they told me that they got this product and then I was super intrigued and looked into it. I even told my husband, I'm like, maybe we should get this. I feel like it looks so cool. And so I wanted to get y'all's opinion since you're culinary people on this product, as far as like, if it, you feel like would help somebody to maybe ease into cooking or make them even healthier, but any initial thoughts on the product? It, it is the Ninja creamy ice cream maker. It, from what I understand, you kind of like freeze something and then you put it in and then it blends it. Um, but what did y'all think about it? Yeah. So we don't, none of us have this product. Uh, this was the first time that we had looked into it. Um, so these are all just based on product reviews and our experience as culinary dietitians. Um, and then also looking through Ninja's website and the recipes that they have available there. 
Um, so we we made a pro con list. We are very much list kind of people. Okay. Um, and so these some of the pros are one, it's a really fun way to make ice cream to your taste. So we're all about cooking to your taste. And so if you want a banana mint chocolate chip ice cream and you can't find that at the grocery store, this is a fun way to do that. And I just want to add that you can do healthy fruit desserts. And with that, can hopefully creamy consistency. That was a huge selling factor for us. And that um, we love just encouraging creativity. So use what you already have. Or um, like Lexi was saying, if you want something, then try it. Try something different. I think one of the biggest things just comes along with cooking. You're in control of the ingredients. So having this machine, you get to decide what you're putting in there. So that's really helpful. Um, moving on to cons, it is kind of expensive, we mm-hmm. felt like. Yeah. Um, a little pricey for if you already have a blender or whatnot. Um, also, while you could make really healthy desserts, it could also sort of inadvertently um, encourage the consumption maybe those foods that should be more of those sometimes foods or treats like ice cream or gelato. So that would be one thing to watch out for. And adding one more piece of equipment in my kitchen might be a struggle. So having one more thing on my counter or like my small appliance storage is like booming. So, oh, I don't know. It would, it would have to be really worth it. And um, could you use your blender or your food processor it does. We'd have to really compare the creaminess and if it's worth it. And then we did read that it might be loud. Mm. So th- things that we would have to research by by seeing it. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds like you're saying there could be opportunity to like maybe increase fruit intake, but overall you might be able to achieve the same thing with like some things you already have, like a blender or food processor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Gotcha. <laughs> Sums gotcha. that up well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like kind of sold after I like looked into it. I like pulled it up with my husband because it was like Amazon Prime Day. But then I was like, I literally have an ice cream maker and I have a blender. I was like, (laughs) I don't know the difference really. But my client who said that she used it, she already had it and she was now utilizing it instead of making ice cream with it, just using whatever frozen fruit she had as like a fun summer treat. So I was like, that gets my dietitian seal of approval, I guess, if you already have it. For sure. And that was one of our arguments too, is if it's a way to increase your fruit consumption, then that's that's a pro for us. We know that most people don't eat enough fruit. So that's that's a good way and a fun way, especially in the summer. I mean, that's probably when most people would use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also worth considering is, is this a product that's going to sit around for nine months of the year? And is that worth it to you to have that fruit just for three months of the year? And Texas, it might only sit around for six months, though. It's been that's pretty hot. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I asked why this like was appealing to me. What about any recipes that may come to mind for this? Like if somebody does already have it and maybe they're trying to like say like, well, I already have it or have something like this and I'm still trying to like get healthy or lose weight. What kind of comes to mind for y'all? So we love our banana nice cream mm-hmm. um, and we do have a base recipe for this because it uses the natural sweetness and creaminess of the bananas while also providing fiber and potassium. Um, so I, I feel like combining the, the equipment, the, machine and the bananas, it would be like extra creamy and delicious. So banana and ice cream for sure. One of my favorite variations of this is like I just mentioned that mint dark chocolate chip banana and ice cream. And so that's probably what I would test first is using some mint extract and some dark chocolate chips or chunks with that banana and ice cream based recipe. And then so when I was going through the reviews, I saw someone mention or might have even been in the pictures, like when they were talking about what to do with it, it was the dull pineapple whip. 
Oh, up with. I don't know if this is like a nationwide thing. So they used to, or they still have it like at our state fair. And I, I remember like loving it as a kid. And I just recently went to Hawaii and it's like a big thing there. So it, I think it would be perfect because it just tastes like fluffy, light pineapple. So I think this might be the machine that would actually achieve that consistency. Cause otherwise I really don't know how they make that. That's a really good point. Cause what, like nutritionally, is there like actually fruit in there or is it just like ice cream? I, I think it's actually pineapple because it's really like dull. Like they say dull right. brand. So I would hope to be pineapple. I know we have to question everything, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. This would be a good way to make, even if they don't do that, to make like the healthy version of it for sure. That's a good point. All right. Awesome. So it sounds like just kind of depends on how you use the machine. Do you love our realistic approach on nutrition, but want to dive a little bit deeper? Let me tell you about the Millennial Living Membership Program. This was designed to help you stay motivated and inspired no matter what health journey you're on. We develop monthly nutrition and fitness challenges with prizes you can win if you stick with it to help motivate you through every month. To inspire you, we upload weekly recipes with downloadable food lists, monthly food demos, and we can even have a registered dietitian answer your questions on nutrition and weight loss. Our members form a community with other like-minded people to help support each other on their health journey. If you are seeking a way to stay motivated throughout your health journey with our method in mind, try signing up for the Millennial Living Membership Program for the first two weeks free by signing up on our website at themillennialnutritionist.com. Diving into our interview, um, I have a lot of questions because I'm excited to utilize y'all for all the, like, I don't feel like we've ever really covered this topic before. And I feel like it's something that really holds a lot of, at least our clients back is this fear or stress around cooking this month in our membership program. We're talking all about stress. And one big source of that is cooking, especially when we start talking about making healthier habits. So can we like open it up with a broad question first about um, why is cooking important or helpful for weight loss or even just like long-term overall health, you think? Sure. So when you cook, you are in control of the ingredients. So the ingredients you're bringing into your home and then what you're putting into your body versus if you're going to go out all the time. So if you're eating out at restaurants, you're getting pre-made meals or buying those sort of like ultra processed packaged meals at the grocery store, you're not in control of those ingredients. So most likely you're going to end up getting excess calories, more unhealthy fats. You're going to get high sodium, lots of added sugars. And all of that's detrimental to weight loss. And beyond that, you're also not going to get fiber most likely in the quantities that you would when you're cooking. That's something that we know Americans are greatly lacking in and can really help with weight loss when you're eating enough fiber. Mm -hmm. So if you're cooking, you can really help to ensure you're getting all those food groups and the necessary quantities, especially vegetables. I feel like we talked about this, like one of the hardest to get when you're out without having to pay extra money, you know, like you can... Where I was like, oh, add on a side salad, order a side of vegetables. Like, yeah, you can, but then the price gets high and that can be detrimental. So if you're at home, you can make sure you're getting enough vegetables, enough fruits, those whole grains, the healthy proteins, healthy fats, and you can you can plan it out that way. And we know some some people might be listening and being thinking, like, well, I don't really know how much I'm supposed to have. Like you can say that, but like, how do I cook and plan that? So our team has created um, the whole life plate, which helps guide you on on those quantities. You can visually see, okay, every meal I should have like this much protein, this much um, whole grains or starchy veg, 
vegetables and et cetera. Love that. Love that. What about, okay, who, let's say we've like hooked somebody in. They're like, okay, I guess I'll start cooking. What can somebody do who is very new to cooking? Like what are some strategic steps they can even stay, take to gain confidence in that? But like, where does somebody start? Yeah. So one of the best places to start actually is to keep it fun, which like sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but so many people have stress and fear and lack of confidence um, of cooking in the kitchen. And the first thing to do is just take the pressure off of yourself. Um, and when you decide that cooking can be fun, eventually it can be easy. Um, it can be stress-free or even relieve you of stress. Um, that in itself is going to really change your mentality about how you approach cooking or the kitchen. Um, and you can have this approach, whether you're doing it by yourself and just want this to be your own space or whether you're doing it with friends or family, if you want to turn on some music to make it fun. I know I like to do that after a long day to just unwind and just let go of the stress. So I know that's a little bit counterintuitive to the cooking itself, but that's a helpful place to start. So viewing it as fun. Yeah. One thing I do is like, I used to, well, I didn't used to hate cooking, but it just got so monotonous. And so I literally always have my iPad up with like Real Housewives playing or some kind of TV show that helps me to think it's fun. Yeah, definitely. What about like any ways to increase confidence? Because I find too, I mean, like overall, I feel like anybody trying to make health changes, a lot of it just comes down to a lack of confidence. Like, is there any like very like specific things people can do to increase confidence with cooking? Do you think? Definitely. First, we always say get guidance from a dietitian or a medical provider to make sure that you're going in the right direction. You would hate to jumpstart and um, not, not like I said, not be going in the right direction. So if, see if there's any specific parameters you need to work within. And like I said, a dietitian is a great place to start. Um, it's also important to share your goals with family and friends and find that people that are willing to support you on this new journey or adventure, or like Lexi was saying, just have fun in the kitchen with you. So um, sharing that with friends or family or anyone in your community could just um, help encourage and build that confidence together. Uh, so just letting them know your your goals and what you want to do. And then, like I said, join you in this new adventure. Another really important thing is to really focus on basic skills. Like we can't stress this enough when we talk to people about cooking because some Sometimes they get so stressed and overwhelmed because they lack skills and knife skills is the number one skill that you're going to use the most in the kitchen. And I can't tell you how many times you've even just been like at a friend's house or something and I'm watching them try to use like their dull knife. It might even be like a great, good brand, but it's not sharp and they're trying to cut and they're struggling and that adds to the stress and makes you feel like, oh my God, all these recipes take so long to prepare, but it's really their equipment's not there. Another basic skill is learning how to measure properly because that can really impact mm -hmm. the outcome of a recipe. And in the beginning, we really like, so we like to encourage people to learn how to cook without recipes, but in the beginning, you are going to rely on recipes. So you really need to master those measuring skills. So again, you don't just get frustrated because the recipe doesn't come out like it should. So knowing the difference between weight and volume, knowing how to properly measure flour, all of those things are really important. Another thing you can do to help build confidence is make a meal plan. So getting your grocery list, um, thinking about your timing, decide how much how much you want to cook. Are you going to rely on leftovers? Do you not want leftovers? What what is that all going to look like? After that, to just setting up your kitchen for success. So making sure you have those staple ingredients on hand and 
all the necessary equipment. That's something else the three of us have talked about, again, like going into someone else's home and we're like, where are their measuring spoons? Like, why don't they have any? Or like, why, you know, they'll just be missing like some basic equipment. And that can be really, really frustrating. Another way to just help build confidence is watch kitchen, like cooking skills videos. There's so many, definitely please watch the ones on our website, but (laughs) there's more, you know, just Google, like how to do anything. And you're going to get a whole slew of YouTube videos. And that can really, really help to build your confidence. Another thing with that, along those same lines, like learning those skills, rely on people, you know, that already have great skills. So for example, for me, um, my grandma, when she was alive, was an awesome cook. So my sister and I would go watch and learn from her. Um, I have an aunt that's a really great cook. So same thing. So rely on those people in your lives that can help teach you as well. The final thing with gaining confidence in cooking is like gaining confidence in anything. If you want to get good at a musical instrument or a sport or knitting, you have to practice. And the same is true for cooking. I think a lot of us just assume that, oh, well, I eat every day. So therefore cooking is something that should be easy to me. And it's not always easy. So just practice, practice, practice. And as you're going along that path, learn to engage your senses, really lean into sight, smell, sound, touch, and taste, because those will help you develop an intuition um, and just that that skill set of knowing when things are done, knowing when things are under or overcooked. Um, sometimes you can even smell when something is done cooking. Um, and then also, again, just going back to that comment about pressure and fun, like even as chefs and culinary experts, like we still mess up from time to time. We misread a recipe. We mismeasure something. So just take that pressure off of yourself and keep practicing. Be patient and you'll get there. Great. I was trying to think of some um, things that people that I work with, like really specifically feel like they get stressed out on. So kind of running through some of them. So like, what about, are any ways like decrease cooking times? Cause sometimes I have a client, clients will be like, I just like got home. I don't want to do this like two hour recipe. And then they end up not cooking. So how can we kind of like demystify that for somebody? Yeah, that's such a good question. And when I was working individually with people, I used to get that one all the time too. Um, it's it's a struggle. It's for sure hard. And if you don't have a good working point of what a healthy meal should look like, you feel like you're kind of shooting blind. You're shooting from the hip. You don't know what you're aiming for. And so first starting with a visual of what makes up a healthy meal. So half your meal should be fruits and vegetables. And another quarter is whole grains or starchy vegetables. Uh, and then another quarter is protein foods. And then you have some healthy fats in there. So then using that mental visual, or this is on our whole life plate that you can find on our website, um, then imagining what a healthy meal can look like becomes a lot easier. And then by having staple ingredients on hand, you can pull together those staple ingredients and build a meal. So um, we can get into staple ingredients in a little bit. And, And also recognizing that some healthy ingredients take just as much time to cook, if not less then they're less nutritious counterparts. So a lot of people we know will cook white rice because it's quick and easy and they know how to do it. But a quick cooking whole grain, like a quick cooking farro or quinoa takes the exact amount of time. Uh, same thing goes for like white bread versus whole grain bread. Same amount of time to eat. I mean, you pull it out of the package there, but they're two totally different things for our body. Uh, same thing with pasta as well. So just starting to think about how, even just those little healthy swaps of things that someone would typically eat. And even though 
I am a chef. I still like appliances that you can set it and forget it, right? So there are places for these. And I know we use the Instant Pot as as one of those for soups and curries and um, beans, like dried beans and chilies, just so you know, like you have the freedom and it does all the work for you. It's, it's a magical thing. And then also we love what we say, cooking in your sleep. So preparing the night before, like overnight oats where you can build them, different flavor profiles. Um, you can even do ones for, your, for all different for your family, let them choose and build their own. And then it does all the work overnight again in the refrigerator. So cooking in your sleep is another one that really alleviates stress when you're waking up in the morning looking for breakfast and open the fridge and it's there. Yeah, I love it. I'm a huge fan of the crock pot. I have a high end pot and I'm like still too afraid of use it. I was like scared of my mind of a pressure cooker like ever since I was young. So I still get afraid of it that it's going to like explode in my face. Um, but crock pot for me is that like even like cook in your sleep or cook all day thing. So I'm glad that you included that in there. Um, another thing I can add, oh, I want to say with the Instapot. So I was kind of the same. I had oh, really? mine. I got it as a present and it like sat in my cabinet for like a year. And then I discovered cooking dried beans in it. It was like a game changer. Yeah. Done like 45 minutes and you really just like put them in there and you like walk off and it's great. So it's a whole bag of beans costs like a dollar. So it's so much more affordable than canned or whatnot. But um, another thing that can really help save time is meal prep. And I know when people hear that word, a lot of times like, oh God, you mean like, mm-hmm. like Sunday meals on Sunday and get it already like. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that, but we've talked about this as a team a lot. That is definitely not for everyone. Like we don't even do that. Like you really have to be dedicated, but you can still meal prep in a way that you're prepping ingredients. So you can pre, you know, pre-dice vegetables or make a make a make the um, black beans like an in Instapot for a burrito bowl later, or make a marinara sauce. Like doing things that can help help you speed up time during the week. So not thinking like, oh my God, I have to create this full recipe, but just parts of the recipe to get it ready. You can also try to just master a few quick and easy go-to recipes and ones that you can easily change up, which are going to be like our base recipes on our website. But if you can master those techniques, you can cook up some meals really quickly. Like we have some really fast tostadas. We were we kept talking about eggs when we were <laughs> discussing this podcast, just because they're so fast. Like that's one of my go-tos when I have hangry children and they're like, feed me now. I'm like, okay, we'll make some breakfast burritos super quick. They can do that really, really fast. Overnight oats are a good, good fasting. Like Lindsay mentioned, um, we like to make granola in advance and have that ready. So we can, we can whip together yogurt parfaits quickly. There's just like a lot of things that you can, you can really cook fast. Um, that can help if you master those recipes, just get it, get that practice. Like Lexi mentioned earlier. You kind of touched on this, but what are some items like you can stock up on in case you run out of food to make? So um, just because I have this conversation a lot with clients, like having those like backup plan foods, what are y'all's that you kind of like recommend to like maybe always have stock, do you think? Yeah. And we, so we have a PDF on our website oh, that, you can get that has all of these ingredients, but number one, or maybe not number one, but we think it's really important are spices because mm-hmm. food needs to taste good. doesn't matter if it's healthy. It needs to taste good. And we encourage people to keep a variety of spices to keep it fresh and fun. So like right now I have a, um, an assortment. It's like, I forgot what it's called. It's like world or spices of the world or something like that. So I'm experimenting with all these different spices and I'm essentially cooking similar dishes. Like I might have like, I'll cook salmon, for example, every week, but I can put on these different spices and it keeps it fun and exciting. 
Another thing we recommend is always having beans on hand. We don't really like to use the terminology superfoods very much, but I mean, beans would be one, like if right. you were going to say that. And we like to keep dried and canned because dried, we can put them in the instant pot and get them, you know, if we have that time to do it, canned, we can use in a pinch. So we look for those like low sodium varieties, um, get a, keep a variety of beans in general. Like I think garbanzo beans are like the chicken of beans. They just take on any flavor. So like having that, then maybe having some pinto or black, you know, for Mexican inspired dishes, whole grains, keep whole grains, um, like Lexi was mentioning, those quick cooking ones, especially those intact whole grains like farro and quinoa or bulgur, they seriously cook in like 10 minutes or less. You can find those varieties and they can just stay in your pantry so they can be there ready to go in an instant. Another thing we like to do is keep our whole grain breads like sandwich bread or whole grain tortillas, the whole grain corn tortillas. We keep them in our freezer so that way, again, we always have them ready to go. And on top of that, they stay fresh. So like, I like to buy my bread and tortillas. I have a bakery nearby. So I buy fresh ones. So actually by putting them in the freezer, they stay good for longer versus if you left them on the counter and ate them, you know, each day. And that just, it really helps. You don't have that case where you're running out of food and don't have anything to make. Um, canned tomatoes is another one, one of the other canned goods we recommend. So diced tomatoes, we like the fire roasted. They add some great flavor. San Marzano tomatoes for Italian dishes, highly recommend those. And then oils and vinegars is huge because I think that can be really frustrating. You go to cook. I've had this happen. Like, oh my God, I ran out of my canola oil for baking or Mm -hmm. ran out of my extra virgin olive oil. I was making this Italian dish. Like that's frustrating. So make sure you have a variety of oils on hand. We always say get extra virgin olive oil and then avocado or canola. So you can you can use all those oils to basically cook anything that you want. Of course, there's more fun varieties out there as well. Vinegars, really important too for flavor. Adding that acid to food is very, very important. Um, helps to replace salt even a lot of times. I keep a huge variety. My favorite is balsamic. And I have like different types of balsamics. So I have like that aged balsamic that's super sweet. And you can almost just like eat with a spoon. And then I have one that's made more for cooking. I might use for like deglazing a pan, but thinking about different varieties. I mean, apple cider vinegar, there's even champagne, red wine, all those different vinegars that can really add some flavor to your foods. The list sounds long, but honestly, it's um, just a few things that stay good over time too. And so that's why it's perfect to keep stored and just easy to grab and go. So once you're stocked, it's wonderful because you have your own little pantry of items that you can shop in or your own store of items that you can shop in. So I would just continue with nuts and nut butters or seeds because, I mean, endless opportunities, toss them with salads, eat them as a snack or enjoy them by mixing them up in a trail mix. Like where our family's going hiking in a few weeks and I'm like, we're making trail mix. And again, everyone can make their own or we can make one big one for the family and eat it throughout that hike or the week, or um, it just provides a lot of opportunity and great protein and fiber and good fat. Um, Along with those nut butters, it's like spread them and and just have them ready for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So many opportunities. Garlic and onion, um, similar to what V was saying with all the spices and herbs, they're just a mess. We use them daily in our cooking. And once you have your knife skills and your sharp knife, 
Um, they just naturally go into so many delicious recipes and really add that flavor and nutrition. Um, a variety of dried fruits, of course, for the for the trail mix. Um, and looking for dried fruit without added sugar because they're naturally sweet. And then condiments. I did want to say um, condiments really enhance flavor. So thinking about the ones that really bring value to our dishes and endless opportunity like Dijon mustard for vinaigrettes or marinades, um, things that people find difficult to make until they see with like our base recipes that it's really not hard. And a few of these staple ingredients can provide such um, powerful vinaigrettes or marinades or dressings for things like salads or wraps and really dress them up. And then soy sauce for stir fries, sriracha, of course, um, is another kind of that sweet and spicy addition. Um, and then always a touch of honey is important um, for adding sweetness to things like yogurt or granola, some of our, our favorite recipes. Yeah, we could obviously go on for all day about ingredients and things that we love. Um, but the last two that, that we haven't touched on yet that I wanted to mention are frozen fruits and vegetables. These are a lifesaver. Um, I know that I've gotten to the end of my fresh fruit and I'm like, oh, I don't have any left or my fresh vegetables. And I'm a day or two from going to the grocery store. But if I have something in the freezer, I'll throw frozen broccoli into a stir fry or frozen fruit into a smoothie or into my oats. And it's just a lifesaver to make sure that I'm getting that extra fiber, those uh, extra vitamins, minerals, uh, phytochemicals. So frozen fruits and vegetables are great because obviously they stay frozen and you don't have to worry about, oh, getting through your one week's worth of produce this week. And frozen fish too is another great option. I know it's happened to me before where I'm ambitious and I buy a filet of fish at the beginning of the week and then the week just runs away from me and then the fish isn't good anymore. Um, but having it frozen on hand, again, it can be used in a stir fry, you can bake it up, um, lots of different ways to utilize that frozen fish and get that essential nutrition. Yeah. And Lexi, we forgot to um, some dairy products and oh. eggs. And I was thinking eggs, I feel like that's the one like I will run out of and I get really frustrated because I love to bake and I hate going in the fridge. I'm like, ah, oh, there was one egg left. So definitely keep... <laughs> those eggs on hand, the price is going down now, finally. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. And we like to keep milk, yogurt, cheese, or if you don't do dairy, you can also have those alternatives, um, keeping those on hand because those do help with flavor. Or if you like to bake, or we were talking about some of our recipes, like overnight oats or yogurt parfaits, those are all really good ingredients to always have. And what about kitchen gadgets? So like, are there any starter ones, like say maybe somebody's starting from scratch and they really just want to know like the top ones they should like include? What do y'all think about that? So not necessarily a gadget. I have so many mixed feelings on gadgets because there's, there's a ton out there and like some of them are really great, but then I'm like, it goes back to like, where the heck do I put this? Like my yeah. kitchen is full. So really when it comes to equipment, the number one thing, I know I kind of mentioned it before, is going to be a good knife, a good chef's knife, get a good brand, um, get some recommendations. You can actually go to like Ross and Marshall's in those stores and they sometimes have like those, like a decent knife on sale as well, but that will make all the difference. So along with your knife, you're going to need the cutting board, a sharpener keep to keep it sharp, and then a honing steel, which a lot of times will come with a set of knives, but that, that is definitely very, very important um, to get started, make cooking less stressful for sure. So other tools, um, 
So we talked about that, like ice cream machine, the Ninja one, but just having a blender in general. And there's so many options out there. You don't have to go buy the most expensive Vitamix if you don't want to. If you just get, you know, whatever whatever you can afford. Um, we like immersion blenders. I guess that's kind of gadgety. I might call that a gadget. So an immersion blender where you stick it in a pot. So it's awesome if you're making like a soup or like I use it, my marinara sauce to make it all smooth. So you stick it in instead of transferring like a hot liquid to something. Um, it's it comes in it comes in handy a lot. Set of mixing bowls is really important. It can be really frustrating and stressful if you're trying to make a recipe and you're like, your bowl, have you ever had that experience? Like the bowl is slightly too small and you're like, oh God, don't come out, <laughs> don't fall over the edge. So having a variety of sizes can really help. And along those lines, having little prep bowls, I have so many of these and I really do use them. We like to encourage home cooks, um, as well as professionals to practice what we call mise en place, which means when you're making a recipe, you go ahead and you gather all your ingredients and your small equipment that you'll need and you measure those ingredients so they're ready to go. So like for your spices, for example, say there's like five spices in a recipe, go ahead and pre-measure them and you can have them all in that little prep bowl. So that really makes it easier and it'll make your cooking less stressful once you start. Another thing that's really important is a variety of different saute pans and kind of like the bowls, like making sure you have different sizes because something you'll learn as you start cooking, especially when you're trying to brown foods, the size of the pan really matters. So if you're trying to cram a bunch of an ingredient in a pan and you want it to brown, it's not going to do it. It's going to steam. So having that variety of pans can help you. Otherwise, you have to use multiple pans and no one wants to do more dishes. That's just adds to the stress. So making sure you have that variety, just coming from the culinary world, we love like the classic, like stainless steel pan. But I, I still remember this, like one of my chef instructors, she was our baking instructor, but she was like, you are allowed to have one nonstick pan. And that is for cooking eggs. And of course, this was a long time ago. So there's been a lot of innovation and changes with nonstick. So there's a lot out there that you can use. So if that's going to help decrease your stress, um, we were just talking about like how like eggs are so bad. You know, if you've had them stick in a pan before, like you cannot get them out. Even soaking, they're like still stuck. stuck. So that's really frustrating. Um, yeah. So getting those pans of different varieties is really helpful. And and we could, again, like we did with the ingredients, we could go on and on about different equipment and benefits, pros, cons of different brands and styles. Um, but we on our website have a big list of essential equipment, for that's great for kitchen newbies. So it's got your can openers and different sizes of pots and pans and baking sheets. And then it has like a beyond the basics. So if you're feeling a little bit more adventurous, um, so if you need more ideas, you can go check that list out um, at our website, tootaste.com under essential equipment. And we have all of our favorites there. Um, great for experienced cooks or people who are totally new to the kitchen. I would love to add one that I think really does alleviate stress, but one more that comes to mind is a thermometer, especially when you're learning how to cook, because it takes the guesswork out, especially at the beginning. You're so nervous, like, is this done? Is this raw? And we just talked about bringing family or friends, your community together to eat together, and you're planning to cook, and um, you're like, I don't know if it's done, but having a thermometer to be able to, again, take that guesswork out um, can really alleviate stress. So um, I would add a thermometer to the list. 
I think that's especially true with chicken. I know so many people that are really fearful of cooking chicken because they're, they're nervous. And, and then when they cook it, they're like, I don't know if it's done or overcooking it. And then it's dry and then that's frustrating and stressful. So if you have the thermometer, just, you know, it's safe and it's done. It stops you before it's dead and dry. Yes, Yes. exactly. You have on your website a collection of base recipes that you've kind of been referring to. I think this is a great idea. Can you kind of tell us why this would be useful for someone to use who would be struggling with cooking? Yeah, so the key to learning how to cook is really letting go of these strict recipe guidelines because that often puts people in a panic. Like, I don't know exactly how to do that in the recipe. Maybe something it's calling for and you're like, I don't know. That makes me nervous. I don't know how to do it. Or like we said, some of these pieces of equipment that um, a recipe might call for and a base recipe and in order to cook and be a better cook, you really um, lean into the learning and you learn from your mistakes and through your experiments. And we're really big on tasting as you go too, so that you know what your food tastes like and you may want it spicier or sweeter or somewhere in between. Um, but really leaning into that to learn um, what it is you like and where you're going on this adventure. Also, trying and failing and trying again. I think Lexi had mentioned that earlier, but um, it's it's just so valuable to learn from our mistakes. And also what you believe is a mistake might not be. You might be a perfectionist in the kitchen or in, in life in general. And um you you can either learn from the mistake or it might not really even be a big mistake and everyone truly loves and enjoys that meal with you. So don't be afraid of just going for it. Um, a base recipe is really a guide that teaches you how to use ingredient ratios and culinary techniques to create dishes suited to your taste. So you really get to learn those skills and um, decide Uh, how you want to grow and change them and evolve um, with those skills and then use your pantry staples and just enjoy making, again, meals to your taste. So no more seeking hard to find ingredients or feel too um, tied to a recipe that if you swap an ingredient, the whole thing is ruined. Um, It gives you some flexibility and um, opportunity to be creative. Um, I thought of some case studies of some like actual situations that I see a lot with clients that I thought we could kind of pick through. So the first one that I get a lot is like tips for new mom. So just to like think this person, she has a three month old and needs some items to make that take like 20 minutes that include a protein and maybe like one to two servings of produce. What comes to mind for like where this person could start? So I'll take this question. I was, I'm the one that's most recently had a baby who's now four. He's not wow. a baby anymore, but I, I still remember these days. And I will say the thing for me, that was the biggest lifesaver was using my freezer, honestly. So cooking meals, um, not necessarily like cooking a meal in advance, but like when I went to make something, making extra and then freezing it. And for new moms, I had, I had a friend recommend this. And I was like, that sounds so weird. But once your mom, you get it making one-handed meals. So things that you can hold and eat Mm. while you're holding baby, because a lot of times that is going to happen. I remember eating, sounds crazy, but like eating a ton of food over both my sons when they were babies. So doing that, um, those set it and forget it meals we talked about. So if you have 20 minutes where you can throw everything in a crock pot or an instant pot, and then come back to it done later, um, 
that is a great thing to do. Otherwise, there's some really fast recipes you can make. So some that come to mind would be like baked fish. Like you can cook fish, I mean, less than 10 minutes in the oven. And you could throw it on a pan with some vegetables and roast them like at the same time. So thinking about meals too, that we're using like one oven temperature, maybe one pan doing that. Um, salads are really simple. I know um, if mom's breastfeeding though, she's going to need a lot of calories. So really like amping up the salads um, to make sure you're getting enough of what you need, but you can easily pull together a side salad or even an entree salad. That's helpful. Um, I think skillet meals are great too. You can cook those really fast. Like we have a quinoa, um, like a quinoa skillet meal on our website, a recipe that has quinoa, salsa, beans, avocado and cheese, all those yummy things with it. And it, it's so fast and easy. So you really, I mean, the cooking time is even less than 20 minutes and you like let it finish off. So that would be a good idea. Eggs. I know we've said eggs before, but that is one of the fastest things you can cook. I mean, it's like instant. We like Alton Brown's cooking method where you like heat the pan super hot and you put the eggs and they scramble like immediately. So be ready to go. And then thinking about one-handed, you know, put it in a whole grain tortilla for your breakfast burrito, add some black beans, avocado, any of those things. Um, we also recommend just different versions of beans and rice. And people think like, oh, beans and rice, that sounds so boring, but don't underestimate them. There's so many varieties, even beyond beans, it could be lentils, but that's something really fast. And again, that you could also make in bulk and freeze. So that way you don't have to worry about like cooking every day, because honestly, I think that's almost impossible as a new mom, unless you just have one of those dream babies that like sleeps all the time and doesn't want to be held. But I know I did not experience that. So really anything that I could make again in advance and have in the freezer and be ready to go was even better than something that I could cook quick, but keeping that, you know, all in mind. And even don't forget like classic, like peanut butter sandwiches, like peanut butter. So replace the jelly though, like put peanut butter and banana or peanut butter and raspberry. That's something that can get on a whole grain bread, give you some great nutrition really quickly because you're tired and exhausted and you might not even want to actually like cook over heat, you know? So I think all those things are really helpful. What about for somebody who's living alone and doesn't want to eat leftovers all week? This was also an audience question. Um, so tell me about that because that's the situation I get a lot. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it can be hard to both shop and cook for one person, especially if you're not used to cooking. I think oftentimes I've heard people who are now cooking for themselves, they prepare a recipe and they're like, oh my goodness, this made 12 servings and now I have to eat this for the next lunch and dinner for the next week. Um, so start the week with a meal plan. It doesn't have to be anything strict or crazy, but it's just a loose idea of where you're going to be when, how much you want to eat out, how much you want to eat leftovers versus not. Um, I mean, there might be some wiggle room where you're willing to eat it like for one more meal, but you don't want to eat it for the rest of the week. So just think about what's realistic for you. Um, if you're like, I am a no leftovers person at all. Um, just remember that you are kind of setting yourself up to be cooking a little bit more if that's you. Um, now that doesn't have to mean you're cooking complicated recipes, um, but, but find those recipes that you can make into single serving. So things like quesadillas or sandwiches or wraps or salads or tostadas or um, overnight oats or smoothies. Um, so really get good at making those single serving recipes. That's going to be a lifesaver. And those ones that I just listed are so quick and fast to make. Once you, 
once you do that base recipe two or three times, you'll you'll quickly realize how fast and easy they are. Um, and another thing I'll say is if you're not a leftover person, but you can handle using the same ingredient in a variety of ways, that is a huge one that I recommend. Um, so at the beginning of the week, cook a big batch of whole grain like quinoa or farro, and then that can be used in something like a stir fry one day or uh, an enchilada salad the next day or a, I mean, you can even make breakfast quinoa and have it with like blueberries and fruit and nut butter. Um, so that can be one ingredient that you only have to cook once, but then use in four or five, six different ways. Um, same thing goes for like beans or chicken or fish. Um, so that's one recommendation for someone who doesn't like leftovers specifically. Um, another thing is if you know you're that person who's going to not eat your leftovers, like avoid those recipes, avoid the big casseroles or chilies or curries if you know you're not going to eat them. But if you do make them and you just want that variety in your life, you don't want to be eating the same thing over and over again, just freeze the leftovers and then pull it out in a month. And then you have food already prepared and it's like a little treat to yourself one month later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think those are all good ideas that I don't commonly think of. So I'm glad you said those. Um, the last one that I wanted to include is an also like an audience kind of question. So tips for somebody who works and wants to pack their lunch. They're in a food rut. They don't really want to cook two meals per day, but they struggle with like lunchy foods um, that are simple and meet nutrition requirements of like produce, having enough calories, not just being like a salad with chicken. What about somebody who is in that situation? Yeah. So this goes back to our concept of cook once, eat twice, thrice, four times, however many. If this person is wanting to pack a lunch and is okay with leftovers, just make extra at dinner. That's the easiest thing you can do. You're not going to be cooking or you don't, there's no reason to cook more than one or two times a day. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even as people who love to cook, all of us here at Two Taste, like I do not want to be in my kitchen cooking for an hour at lunch. And I know a lot of people don't work from home. And so, and I know a lot of people don't have time in the morning or don't have the energy in the evening to like pack a, a lunch. So just make extras at dinner. It's one of the easiest things you can do. Typically dinners are going to be pretty balanced in terms of produce and healthy protein and whole grains and starchy veg. So that's our number one recommendation. Another one is to, like I was just saying, prepare that big batch of um, essential ingredients that you can mix and match throughout the week. So these can be turned into grain salads, into a nice, pretty hearty entree salad. Um, and then if you are packing a salad, make a vinaigrette or a dressing, just don't dress your salad before, otherwise it becomes super soggy. And, and you can also prepare big batches of other ingredients. So maybe, maybe you're not super into the meal prep idea in terms of the containers at the beginning of the week, but like make a big batch of turkey meatballs or vegetarian meatballs or a big thing of hard cooked eggs that you can just mix and match into your lunches throughout the week. Of course, there are sandwiches or wraps that are classics. Um, using a base recipe as a guide for this can help you get out of a food rut. Mm. So instead of your typical turkey cheese mayo, like how can you mix that up? How can you add more texture, more flavor, a new ingredient um, to make it a little bit more fun? And also, again, just with this whole thing of reducing stress with cooking and taking some of that pressure off yourself, um, don't get caught up in this idea that your lunch has to look like this Pinterest perfect meal prepped, perfectly portioned container. Like you are not paid 
to make that beautiful. And it doesn't have to be you're the one who's eating it. Do what's going to be balanced and energizing for you. But again, take that pressure of perfection off of yourself. Um, and use the whole life plate as your guide as you do build these uh, nutritionally balanced lunches. All right. Well, what about ways to find recipes that are tasty, good, and are that are taste good and are healthy? Because I find this also causes stress for some people, like with Pinterest and TikTok now and everything. There just seems like so many recipes. But what is a way that somebody can have a good recipe? Do you think? So obviously super biased, but at our website to taste.com. But we really do make a point to like all of the recipes on there, at least two of us have tested and tried, if not Mm -hmm. all of us. So we really work to perfect our recipes and make sure the instructions are clear, the steps for everything and all of that good stuff. Um, We've also found just other dietitian websites. Those are going to be easier to trust, I think, especially and also just easier to figure out what's healthy because that's what we were discussing I mean you can go to like all recipes or epicurious but if you don't fully understand like how you should be eating or you're trying to lose weight that can be really difficult to decipher like which recipes to prepare that's where we would go so really going to those dietitian um, culinary websites are really helpful yeah and another thing I'll say on that and that you can find this using our website but a lot of the other dietitian websites and I'm sure there are tons and tons of other nutritious and delicious recipes out there that aren't by dietitians. But um, again, thinking about this whole life plate concept as you are preparing meals, one of the advantages of the whole life plate is part of it is flavor. So we really encourage flavor and mindfulness to be a part of your uh, cooking and eating experience. Um, So that's going to hit at the tasting good part as well as being healthy because it's nutritionally balanced uh, across all food groups. And naturally with our whole life plate, you adopt a plant forward approach. So you start crowding your plate with more plants and then hopefully that crowding will then push off some other foods that may not be as healthy of choices because you can't, I mean, having, having your plate full of plants and color It not only looks appealing, but it's just so good for you. And so that that plant forward approach, we're not saying you have to be vegan or vegetarian or at all. Just start adding plants to your plate. And that whole life plate and recipes can be found in our upcoming book that's about to be released. So all of that, (laughs) woohoo, to your taste. So all of that will be available in there as well. So be a great resource for everyone. And where will people be able to find it? Well, like you list it on your website for purchase or where do you think people can buy it from? Yeah, the the web or the book will be available through Amazon, but you can go through our website to find that. There's just a banner at the top that says to your taste book. And this is a book that all of us at Two Taste co-authored together. It's to your taste, how to eat, wi- eat well and feel better for your whole life. Um, And that will be available on Amazon, hopefully by the end of this month. So we're just in the final stage of publishing. Love it. Love it. Um, All right. Wrapping things up. um, Can each of y'all give me a tip for uh, your best way or your top tip to make healthy cooking less stressful? I would have to say, learn, learn those basic cooking skills. So again, I, I know I've said it like multiple times now, but like knife skills, especially, but also measuring as you improve your cooking skills, your cooking time will decrease. So that is going to reduce your stress. I, I really feel like it makes all the difference in the world. 
one of the things that I would recommend is just making sure that you have a kitchen that's going to set you up for success. Do you have the right staple ingredients? Do you have the right pieces of equipment? Again, you don't need anything fancy. You don't need anything crazy, but just having a kitchen that supports your success uh, is really going to increase your confidence, reduce your stress, and hopefully encourage you to make a lot of delicious and nourishing meals to your taste. And I would say you have to have fun to alleviate that stress. So don't be hard on yourself. It doesn't have to look like Pinterest or Instagram. Just start cooking and enjoy the fun of tasting new foods and new flavors and getting able to create them how you really enjoy them. And again, it's okay to fail and remember that what you think is a failure might be a great success in someone else's eyes. Um, so just alleviating that stress by having fun and tasting new foods and um, just enjoying being in the kitchen together. I love that because I have to remind myself I'm a stickler to following a recipe. And if I don't have all the ingredients, I like, might as well not do it. But I have to remind myself, I feel like some of the best like classic recipes we have, like Caesar dressing, we're like coming out of just like random like ingredients or somebody not having something. And so you'll never know. I feel like what you come up with if you just like don't have an ingredient and you make it anyway, and it might taste better than what you thought. Yeah. We always like to say that limitation breeds creativity. And sometimes if I don't have time to go to the grocery store, I'm like, okay, what I have is what's in my kitchen right now. And this is the opportunity to get creative and have fun with it and see what happens. And also remembering that we also say recipes are guidelines. So Mm -hmm. they're not meant to be followed step-by-step ingredient by ingredient because there's so many variables too. Like the person who wrote that recipe, they're working with different tools and different brands of ingredients. So remembering all of that and having fun and experimenting. And yeah, we could create something even better for sure. Where can people find you to follow you for inspiration? Um, or if they are interested in working with you, where can they do all of that? Yeah, well, the easiest place is on our website, tutaste.com. Um, you can find all of our recipes, articles, cooking skills, videos, links to our whole life meal plan, links to our knife skills course and to our book. That's all on there. You can follow us on Instagram to underscore taste. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, Two Taste, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, Pinterest. So all the socials, well, not all of them, most of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, TikTok yet. <laughs> not, on, not on TikTok yet. And yeah, feel free to reach out. We have a contact us form. If you have questions or you're interested in how you can become part of our Two Taste community, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we always love seeing people trying our recipes and leaving ratings and reviews and how they made it to their taste. That's one of the most gratifying things to us as culinary dietitians is that people are taking these recipes, bringing them into their kitchens and nourishing their lives with them. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is such a great episode. I'm sure I'll be using it over and over again to send to all my clients that struggle with cooking. And I hope the audience gets a lot out of it, but thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening to the millennial nutritionist podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.